This is the Nutanix Community Podcast with Angelo Luciani, episode 56. Here we go. Welcome back. This week on the podcast, I chat with Rohit Goyle, Product Marketing Manager for Nutanix, and Sharon Santana, Technical Marketing Engineer for Nutanix, about Nutanix Object Storage Services. I want to give you an update on the offering, some insights into what we have planned. We talk about trends, data sprawl, what is Nutanix Object Storage, what are the early use cases, and we have some fun at the end. Let's join the conversation. I'd like to welcome Rohit Goyle, Product Marketing Manager for Nutanix, and Sharon Santana, Technical Marketing Engineer for Nutanix. It's great to have these first-time guests on the show. Today, we're going to talk about Nutanix Object Storage Service Offering, and there's been a lot of interest from the community around object storage, so I decided to bring on the experts to talk about it. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. I thought we'd start by talking about some of the industry trends and what we're seeing as it relates to data sprawl and usage? Sure. Um, so a couple things to note, Angelo, is uh, what you want to do is you want to look at you know some industry trends uh, and see what they're talking about. So according to IDC, by 2020, total data volumes will hit a mind-boggling 40 zettabytes with almost 63% of that data sitting outside structured databases. And if you think about that growth, it's really about the flexibility, scalability, and, and ease of management uh, ways to preserve and protect that data. So you need uh, a solution or you need an architecture uh, that will enable you to handle these, these data volumes. Yeah, that's a lot of data. And I recall when working in enterprise IT, object storage was never something on our radar. But actually, now that I think about it, Maybe it was our file servers that were acting as an object storage service. I remember times when our file servers would run out of space and the team would spend cycles removing MP3s, executables, etc. I think what's happened in the past is a lot of folks are, are really used to some of the SAN technologies out there. So your traditional block uh, storage arrays, and they've, they're also used to these filers. Uh, so they, they look at these NAS uh, solutions. But what really is changing the game is is how much data is growing, and then where you're storing that data. So uh, a couple things to keep in mind when, when you're thinking about storing a lot of this unstructured data, uh, meaning like your file, your, your data, like your uh, video files, your media files, MP3s, things like that, um, you really don't want to store it on those expensive disk, disk arrays, right? Think about where, where it's optimally placed and where you can put it so that you have it um, when you need it, but it doesn't have to be on you know the low latency disk that uh, your traditional database workloads uh, are accustomed to. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like as as we continue to evolve in the technologies that we are um, experiencing these days and creating and producing, the expectations are changing. Like now, we don't have patience to wait around. Like a second feels like an eternity, right? So um, as we continue to um, consume all of these gadgets and all of this data just keeps getting produced, um, you're going to see uh, the need for something like objects uh, more and more out there because it allows you to to have the flexibility to manipulate this sort of data 
um, in the petabyte scale with, um, with ease. Why don't we take a moment here to define object storage and also explain why it's different than block or file storage? Sure. Uh, so traditionally, primary data is stored as blocks and files within your data center. Uh, storage is organized in, in the way it's accessed. If it's accessed at the raw block level, then that's typically called block storage. Block storage can either be directly attached or shared over the network. If you're thinking about the latter, those are typically called a SAN or storage attached network device. SAN devices use iSCSI and fiber channel protocols. And if you think about uh, file, uh, those, those typically use NFS or, or SMB, formerly known as SIFs. Uh, files are, are typically stored on NAS devices or, or network attached storage devices. Uh, these types of storage are, are naturally found close to compute resources, uh, but the data, as it continually grows, really, are, you know, they're just not ready to be migrated to cold storage and doesn't need to be stored on, you know, stored close to that compute. Um, there should be options for storing that data efficiently, securely, and, and cost-effectively. So object storage is designed for really that unstructured data that's highly scalable and resilient for the world of cloud computing. Um, it's really not a, in a fixed format or consists, you know, consistent, it basically consists in varying sizes. It's storage that's accessible over the network via simple S3 compatible HTTP REST API calls. Um, it's based on uh, the de facto standard that uh, Amazon Web Services started uh, back in 2006 uh, on the S3 APIs. Um, most of the object storage providers out there today have that. Um, and, you know, it's a really well-documented interface. So a lot, of, a lot of folks have adopted it, and uh, so have we. Earlier this year at .next New Orleans, you gave a presentation on Nutanix object storage. Can you speak to some of the early use cases and some of the functionality we'll we'll see in in object storage? Yeah, sure. So uh, I hope a lot of you uh, were able to attend .next. First of all, it was a it was a great show, and uh, you know we put on a U.S. show every year uh, around the May time frame, and then uh, uh, we do another show in in the MIA region. So for all you folks who are listening out there in the MIA region, we do put on an annual show uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and we, we really put together uh, across the board, really take inputs of what folks want to learn, and we keep the, the show technical. So in this session, uh, we, we definitely jumped into uh, talking about why, you know, why we built it in the first place and what's, what's going on. So uh, it goes back to that traditional architecture that we were talking about. And instead of replacing silos, uh, what we want to do is we want you to think about like an architecture and how you can enable services as, as you need, right? So for example, um, we introduced uh, file services a couple of years back, and it's a service that you can enable through software. So once you've kind of adopted the Nutanix uh, software architecture, know that you know, through simple software upgrades, you have that capability of enabling something like file services, block services, or object services. And it's not a discussion really around uh, replacing like for like. So uh, when, you, when you're looking at your data center, really think about it holistically and how you manage it, right? So it's not, it's, it's not that you want to go and troubleshoot all these different components and, and figure out, you know, all the complexity between them. It's really about having that right, right foundation, that right architecture, 
and being able to you know set up these services across the board. And then what what we talked about in the session was uh, what you can do with object storage, right? And as as data is growing, uh, what we needed to do as a company is figure out a way to solve that problem for our customers. And to do that, we have to be, we have to enable service that allows them to store this data um, in a manner that's cost effective and that scales, right? And then on top of that, being able to leverage data services that we have that are built in. So the erasure coding, the deduplication, the compression algorithms that, that you're accustomed to having, we, we need to have those built in. And those are all built on web scale technology uh, that Nutanix has. So that's a big differentiator for us. And then on top of that, uh, being able to scale that out. So we've got customers running over 2000 nodes, right? So um, you can definitely start small and you can scale it out. And you can handle lots and lots of uh, different types of uh, different types of data from a few few terabytes uh, or even kilobytes all the way to you know uh, up, up to some petabyte range in that uh, object store. So think about like billions of objects being able to be stored in in something like that's a massively scalable system that's a single namespace um, and allows allows for uh, things uh, to scale. And then on top of that, we have that security built in. So we have software-based encryption, we have hardware-based encryption, um, and these are really great for those healthcare verticals, financial verticals, federal. Um, so if you're in those vertical uh, scenarios, think about how you know we have that capability of, of keeping your data safe. And maybe Sharon can uh, hit on a, a couple uh, a couple of the use cases that we have. So for the first release of Nutanix Object Storage Service, we're targeting or prioritizing, so to speak, uh, three main use cases. And these will be DevOps, uh, long-term data retention, and backups. Of course, uh, there's more uh, plan on the roadmap, but for now, uh, let me let me give you a few examples of, of what these mean, right? So Object Storage Service will be loaded with features to support these use cases that I just mentioned. Uh, in the case of DevOps, uh, which, by the way, refers to the integration of development and operation teams within an organization, and it seeks to produce more robust products and applications by unifying software development and, and software operations. Um, this is important because this, this kind of practices and cultures, they incorporate a lot of automation, and it is important for them to have agility and flexibility. So um, targeting DevOps for, for us means that we can offer them, like Rohit said earlier, a single global namespace with, with a time to first byte of 10 milliseconds or less. And, and the fact that we support Amazon's um, S3 API, uh, which is a well-known and understood protocol today, um, means that uh, engineers or, or these teams can access um, this data using a familiar interface. Uh, with potentially little or no change to the code that they are using today if they were to move to object storage uh, on Nutanix. Another example would be long-term data retention, as I said earlier. And this uh, would have uh, features that would include, for example, read once, read many, or AKA warm policies. And these warm policies help users of, of the object storage on Nutanix to meet regulatory compliance. Um, when such policies are applied to entities such as buckets, objects, or tags, it prevents the data from being changed or tampered with or deleted even. So this is really important for um, 
uh, organizations in the healthcare, financial, or government um, sectors. And um, also, there, there's going to be support for, say, new versions. So it's not like you couldn't ever alter an object. You could up keep uploading as you need, uh, but you could keep those uh, later versions as you keep uploading more objects. And what this prevents is for people or users to accidentally overwrite or, or get rid of, of the data that can't be um, tampered with or, or changed. So those are a few examples. Um, as well as uh, data backups, I mentioned, uh, object storage service on Nutanix will support integration to uh, third-party uh, backup services. Yeah, I think that I think that's great. Uh, just a couple things to add there. Um, really, around some of the points that you brought out, one is one is that machines are generating data these days, right? And with these machines generating the data, uh, it's not only about the the files and and. and uh, media files and MP3s and things like that that uh, that the humans are generating. It's really around this machine-generated data, and I think uh, Sharon does a great job of of saying, "Hey, where are you going to put that? And uh, you you want to store it? Uh, you're not ready to toss this data, you know, out out the window. So how do you do it? And you really need a solution again that's going to scale with you uh, when you need it." In terms of architecture, I know uh, during your presentation you had a um, architecture diagram, and I thought maybe you could uh, describe it for folks uh, as best we can through audio. Uh, just, just sort of what are the pieces involved in object uh, storage? Sure. So I'll take that one. So at a at a high level, Nutanix object storage is integrated right into the solution stack via at least uh, what we call uh, object volume manager. So at least one of those. And so an instance of object storage can be conformed by one or more object volume managers. And um, object volume managers, you can think of them as a logical volume manager that has multiple components. And together they provide the uh, object storage API and handle lookups for the backing uh, storage for the object. Um, we also have a scale out modular design uh, in which we have all these components separately. So each component focuses on a single core function so that it can do it better and can do it well. Any of these components can be scaled out independently so that they can match uh, the workload demands of, of the particular deployment. So that makes it you know, scalable and flexible to fit the needs of what the object storage instance is being utilized for. And despite that layered approach, we can still also leverage unique performance optimizations to streamline the data path. So what that means is that the object volume managers running on top of the CVNs can store hints about the physical location of the metadata at the uh, object volume manager layer. All of, all of this means is, is that it facilitates faster reads since the hints can be uh, stored. And it keeps latency for time to first byte low. I know you demoed this at .next. In terms of availability, what are we looking at? Yeah, so uh, so what we're doing is uh, we're pushing ahead and uh, we did show a couple demos, you're right, at .next uh, in, in previous uh, .next and we were showing integrations with companies like Haiku uh, backing up directly to our object storage service using the S3 API natively, meaning you didn't have to change any of your application or, or workloads. Um, they just natively were able to write and, uh, in terms of 
backing up, and then they were able to read and restore right from the R object stored. So uh, we did it with Haiku, Commvault, and uh, we're going to keep pushing ahead. And uh, we're targeting later on this year, Angelo. So uh, really excited about getting this out, out the door and uh, to our customers and prospects. I know you also shared a roadmap during that session at .next. Any, any items you'd like to highlight uh, on the podcast? A couple of things you want to keep in mind uh, that we were building into the uh, into the object storage service that uh, that we're going to GA later this year uh, is around uh, the worm buckets uh, that uh, that Sharon highlighted. So um, being able to do the the right once read many capabilities um, where nobody can delete that data, uh, not even new mechanics, right? So uh, know that that data once it's set for the worm policies that it'll be set. Um, and you'll be able to meet that that compliance, uh, whether it's healthcare, financial, or, or government regulations. And then uh, we're thinking about uh, object versioning. So being able to create copies of objects and protect your data from accidentally overriding or, or deleting it. Um, and then we're thinking about object tagging, uh, quickly identify objects uh, by, by tagging them. Uh, and you can think about uh, your projects or meeting compliance again, being able to tag that data. And then we, what we also want to do is have that petabyte support. So when you start small and you scale, uh, know that uh, Nutanix will, will be able to solve that for you. So we know a lot of object storage providers out there, uh, they require you to start at like a half a petabyte and then, uh, then they make sense and then they, uh, they scale out from there. Well, we, we truly do start small. So you can, you can start um, as small as you'd like, and then you can scale with us, right? So, so remember that uh, uh, fact that I, I was talking about earlier where you have that capability of doing you know, over 2,000 nodes. And then uh, we're also thinking about a multi-part upload, uh, being able to reduce those uh, upload times by breaking, breaking that data into these chunks and, and being able to quickly upload those documents or images or videos um, into that truly global names, uh, single global namespace, um, and and much more. I mean, uh, we're we're going to constantly iterate on this and uh, produce as much as we can uh, to make sure that uh, the product is is fully baked for you folks. Another cool thing to keep in mind is that unlike other public cloud providers, there will be no cost for data egress when using Nutanix object storage. So. That could be huge savings because we're talking about um, a lot of data, so terabytes to terabytes of data. So something to keep in mind. Great points. Let me just quickly highlight three areas where you can learn more and get involved. One is the online community at next.nutanix.com. Great place for community blogs, a lot of forums where you can ask questions and continue your conversation around different topics. Another is attend a Nutanix user group in your local area. Great way to get connected and familiar with folks in the community. Um, And I also encourage you to introduce yourself to uh, the local leader. Find ways of getting more involved. And if there's a topic idea of interest, share that with the leader. We'll do our best to get someone out there to talk on it and or produce content that the leader can share at your next meeting. And finally... We have a new area on the community for product ideas. You can submit a product idea and the community begins to vote on it. As the idea gets upvoted, depending on how many people in the community are interested in that particular idea, 
it begins to move through a workflow where it at ultimately it gets to the hands of Nutanix Engineering and they'll evaluate and decide whether it's something that enough people are interested in and it just might make it into a future product. So you never know. So I encourage you to check out those resources. Anything additional you'd like to share, Sharon? Uh, we also have a new school channel on YouTube where we po post what we call tech topic videos. Uh, there will be some object storage videos uploaded there in the near future, um, going over the object storage service feature overall, as well as uh, a demo that you can look forward to. Um, there's also great resources there to find out more information about any of the other um, Nutanix solution uh, features that we mentioned, like compression or deduplication. And of course, there's always the Nutanix Bible for, for more information on like how, how those things work. So keep that in mind if, if you want to learn more about those. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, definitely uh, follow us on, on Twitter. Uh, so we, we do post things on uh, Twitter to make sure that uh, we're giving you the latest and greatest information. Um, and we're actively uh, working on uh, our website. So uh, we're always going to be keep uh, keeping that up to date. So uh, go to Nutanix.com and then uh, look for uh, the object uh, storage offering there. And uh, you'll, you'll definitely get all the information that we talked about today and, and much more. Great. And as we close out the podcast, when I have special guests on, I like to surprise them with two rapid fire questions. They don't know what they're going to be asked. So here we go. Sharon, iOS or Android? Android all the way. Favorite app on your Android phone? Ooh, I would say Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> Awesome. Rohit, iOS or Android? iOS. I've always had one and uh, I can't really get off of it. Favorite app on your iPhone? I would say WhatsApp. Uh, it helps me keep uh, in touch with uh, family abroad. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com for resources, blogs, and continuing the conversation in our forums. A reminder that .next London will be happening in November. If you're a blogger, ping me and I can provide a blogger pass. If you have a show idea or would like to be a guest on the show, I can be reached at community at nutanix.com. From the team here at Nutanix, have a great week. 